self-examination procedures developed by leading cancer specialists throughout the world. These exercises are completely straightforward and should be practiced by all women of all ages and ought not to take more than 5 to 10 minutes every 30 days. A prominent physician in New York State said that it might be wise to encourage high school and college students, girls, to start now with self-examination of the breasts. Self-examination every month is essential for women of all ages.
Flat Black Plastic on MutinyRadio.fm. But it used to be it. Well, it used to be that the stockkeepers worked pretty freely with the mechanics and the foreman. We'd kind of stay close to each big job and, well, be kind of a free agent. Be sure the fellas had the material and tools they needed in time to keep the job from being held up. Posley pauses before responding, hoping that Maxwell will carry the ball further himself. This does not happen, however. It's uh, different now? Oh, heck, Mr. Hosley, it's no secret that Burquist has made us a bunch of flunkies just like everybody else in the place. All we do is follow steps one, two, three. We sit in our cages and fill out material orders when the foremen say they want anything. It seems that some rather strong feelings have been tapped. Hosley decides to explore, but cautiously. Tell me a little more, then. I'm not quite with you. It's part of the whole reason why I'm leaving. The individual guy just doesn't count around here anymore. Berkowitz has made us a bunch of payroll numbers and nobody cares about any of us as persons anymore. On this change in the storekeeper's job, I guess he figures, or somebody figured, that we were wasting too much time by being out on the floor with the men. That isn't the worst part of it. Everything the company has done for the last few months since Berkowitz took over has been to make the employee a working stiff who isn't supposed to do anything unless he's told to. The question now is how much data Maxwell has to support his point. Is this really a well thought out observation or a superficial complaint? Could uh, you give me some more examples, Len? Well, like the way we used to order stuff before. All three of us in the pump section could order anything we wanted to up to $500 when we knew the job would need it. Now, before we can order anything, if it isn't in the store catalogs, even if it only costs a nickel, we have to get approval from purchasing. since it's a pretty small department. But still, I have a lot more to say about how we plan our research projects than I have here at Taplow. Barker notes that this last comment was freely volunteered. That is the fact that Stevens would have more say about things. Is this perhaps significant? To get some expansion, he just restates what Stevens said. You'll have a bigger part in running the show. Right. I guess that's something everybody wants. Barker stays silent. This often produces additional information or show of feeling. At least it's something I'm looking for. Barker has the message pretty clearly now. If Stevens wants to expand on the subject, Barker will cheerfully and understandingly stay with him. But there's no point to Barker's keeping it going, since for his purpose, he's had enough of a picture of Stevens' need for power and authority. I see what you mean. Say, Jack, getting back to Tableau, What did you think about the salary we were paying you here?
right. Open wide, 
Pucker. Open wide. Pucker. Pucker the lips. exercises are not guaranteed to produce extreme beauty, but they will add to the youthfulness of
Clap Black Classic people. Thanks for listening. Support the station. Support your community. Do the right thing. Scopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, six to eight on Joke Workshop. Birds, right? Where on the other hand, geese... Right? They're only crime equally as mean. In San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going rags to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety. Two o'clock on a Wednesday. When you hear the trippy music, you know what time it is here on Mutiny Radio. It's time for Some Call Me Tim. All right, uh, welcome to Some Call Me Tim. Today is 418 to timestamp it for you peeps. 418. It's almost 420. We have Juwan Rubin on the program today yes, to do. talk about what's going on. Juwan, I haven't met you before, but we have friends in common, so I, yes. I trust. I trust that you are. A, 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 if you want to listen, you can. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, you can hear the trippy music behind us. Nice. Uh, so. Yeah, we never met before. We've never met before. Yeah. So but I don't you know. Saw I the post. Know, saw the post on Facebook on Bacon. Uh, bacon is. Uh, I don't want to tell too many people about Bacon because I like to keep it as exclusive as possible. The, uh, the seven thousand five hundred people that are yeah. part of Bacon. Yeah, it's super exclusive. <laughs> A lot of fucking people. Yeah. And then there's also. Uh, 
yeah there's a there's a google doc of all the uh different shows in the area so if you're a comedian and you want to know what's going on then go to bacon and find out you know if there's an open mic near you so yeah i saw your post and uh yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm down to do a little bit of radio or whatever we got going on here. I guess yeah. there's a podcast and all that. Yeah, uh, it, we're not we're not terrestrial, but we are on the internet. So, uh, so on this show, the first thing I usually have you do is look deep into the eyes of Sparkle Jesus. All right. And uh, and I ask, do you believe in Jesus? Do I believe in Jesus? I believe I believe there was a, a man historically named Jesus oh. who came from Nazareth. That's historical. That's in, uh, you know, that's in his history books. Uh, as far as everything that's that goes on in the Bible, I also believe that as well. Really? Yes, I do believe the, everything that was going on in the Bible. Like I'm, Noah and the Ark, and yes. Jonah and the whale. All that. All, all that. that. All and, right. And so, just to pre- uh, preface this, uh, I am an actual. I am actually a minister. Really? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so this this conversation uh, of, of, will of, be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I used to be a religious zealot. What does so, that mean? Um, I was I was one of the kids. I was on fire for Jesus as a child. Oh, like, you're a Jesus. Freak. I was a Jesus freak. I was <laughs> I went to Christian school. I was I was all about my 33 year old invisible friend that I got to talk to all the time. Nice. Solving all, solving all my problems. Nice. <laughs> uh, but I went I went to I mean I was in a Christian school for kindergarten through seventh grade and uh, really involved in the church until uh college so okay I what know happened in college story. well uh yeah so what happened was we got had turned a, out huh? well we had a big we had a and i was no i was a i was a virgin until i got married um, okay. i mean i was very like i didn't want anybody to see me naked that was weird jesus shamed me into okay. that whole into not getting an std thanks jesus high five, high five um, so oh it's great but um we had a mega church kind of in a very rich town and our pastor who we revered and thought was this amazing person um he basically was sleeping with all the women that he was having one-on-one counseling with wow and so he would be on the pulpit and he would talk about his three children and his wife and how much he loved them and all this stuff and then he was having sex with like they didn't know if it was was between nine and 18 women wow who were all and he was like saying he was sort of using god as a way to get them to do it like i have to help like i'm the go-between between you and god and it was kind of like right terrible right (laughs) so when that happened like my whole world just shat i was like everything i believe in is lies wow it took us one guy having uh maybe halfway consensual sex with 18 women (laughs) right and it was like but it was that i had been taught to revere this person right like and so it just, for me, that was rough. Yikes. I'm so sorry that had to happen to you, you know? I mean, it was, <laughs> but I'm a much, I'm much better as like a crazy feminist than I was as a, as a religious zealot. I was annoying. I was like one of those, like walk up to you in the mall and be like, you need, is your life going to be, are you going to be saved by Jesus Christ? Like, is everything going to be okay with you? Like, I'm worried about you and I don't want you to go to hell. And so for God's love of the world, he gave his own begotten son and we should talk. And people are like, whoa, on fire for Christ. Get out of here. Nice. Nice. But that was, you know, I don't do that anymore. You don't do that anymore. So, so that was the defining moment for you. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. What, what do you want to know? Uh, well, I mean, mean, whatever, what makes you, so you, you believe that like God exists and has a plan 
plan for your life and that yes. you're a tool in his cat toolcase toolkit like sure. i want to know what like how you well so well let's let's start at the very beginning okay. so the very beginning in the beginning you know god made heaven and the earth so we have to define who god is first so i think what happens is um a lot of people so I, okay, so let's go a little bit further back. So Plato, right? Uh-huh. Plato was a, a, a philosopher, the, uh, the the founder of all science, really, right now, right? And what he said was that the word doesn't matter. It's not the word that matters. It's the idea behind the word Whoa. that is re- that's real. The words aren't real. Words are the way that we communicate with each other. But the idea. So if I t- if I say uh, if I say the word chair, you might think of something that has a back with four legs. Right. But a horse also has a back with four legs. Right. Right. So it's really what goes into your mind. And so what happened was now fast forward, Hollywood uh, basically gave us images of who God is, because there's because in the Bible, it says no one has ever seen the face of God. Nobody has. Right. Right. Uh, Moses saw a burning bush. A couple other people saw visions or whatnot. But then no one's ever seen the face of God. No living person. And so. When you think of the idea of God, uh, Hollywood has kind of painted him as this big, you know, white guy with gray hair in the sky. Right. 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 The Zeus kind of thing. Yeah. The so Zeusian God. I think that's kind of where it came from. Right. Is they try to, you know, make it make sense. But really, if you the, the idea of God is that he's omnipresent. He's everything. Everything is God. Mm. Me. I'm God. You're God. This, you know, the walls are God. Everything is God. Right. And so. From there, the space between atoms. Right, the space between atoms. Because that's like a, that's the weird thing is, is you're sitting in a chair. Right. But that chair is basically a bunch of empty space. Right. Because if you look on the, you know, cellular level and atomic level, right. there's all this space in between these things that are moving around. Yet that's a chair. Definitely. So it's like the space. Yeah, right. and I actually I have a book on my website juanrubin.com. Um, so in my book I talk about this where it's that God is just a life force and you huh. can call it. Whatever you want. I may call it God. You may call it God. Somebody else might call it the force. Somebody else might call sure. it mother, mother nature. Someone else might call fate. it Allah, you know, fate, you know, sure. whatever. These, these are just words that we attach to the idea. Did now, I, 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 this is a technical question, but in Revelations, uh, John in his visions never saw God. He saw the beast with the six, six, six no. he saw the headed things. He saw the, he saw crazy stuff, a bear frog or something. But and it's funny. No um, God. Um, you know, I don't know. You might want to Google this, but most, a lot of ministers don't preach on revelations because John, the revelator, <laughs> John, the revelator, he was, <laughs> he was actually, yeah, he got, he got banned. Right. And he was on this Island by himself with his servant. So he technically didn't write revelations. His servant did. Huh. And he secluded himself in a cave with a bunch of uh, incense and other things going on. And that's how he told his his servant to write revelations. So a lot of reason why a lot of ministers don't preach out of revelations. Some do, but not a lot of them do because technically John was high. He was high, yeah. <laughs> he was smoking that, that yeah. cave fungus. Some weird cave fungus yeah, that has like... That's how he PC saw the visions. Yeah. Sure. Well, and they say that when Jesus... When people try to scientifically recreate 
reconstruct some of the miracles. And, and now with the legalization of marijuana, what a miracle. But they say that cannabinoids and cannabis were grown at that point. Right. And when the Jewish priests, they would be anointed. They weren't just like anointed with oil, like a little on your head. Right. They were like physically dipped in these huge vats of oil that had like all of these herbs and things going on and like yeah. probably cannabis. Yeah, yeah. And so because India was right there. Yeah. And that, I mean, it was growing around. I mean, it, things moved around. We know that there were trading routes and whatnot. Yeah. But so they'd literally like anoint them. And so they'd yeah. have visions. Yeah, yeah. Because they'd, I don't know, emotionally and physically prepared. Yeah. And, that, and hopefully I don't get in trouble for saying this, but I mean, nowhere in the Bible is it safe you not to smoke marijuana. Sweet. Right? Well, it says body's a temple. And yeah, I guess, but smoking. But marijuana is, is good for you. That's so, true too. you know, it's kind of helping your temple. It's not destroying it. Unless you talk about like current carcinogens and all that. Then in that case, you do like a vape pen or you sure. do edibles. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's nothing real. There's nothing technically a, a wrong with it. It's just, you know, you have these traditions. Like I, I grew up in the Baptist church. So oh. they're very rigid, very uh, conservative. But you're not a Baptist, Baptist minister. I am a Baptist You minister. are a Baptist minister. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm licensed through the Baptist church. Wow. <laughs> wow. But I'm, a, I'm eclectic. My views are very Because, yeah, you already, that's pretty mind-blowing with the platonic chair theory <laughs> and uh but yeah so you're a baptist minister yes ma'am that's great so but you worship you never swear you don't so i do swear so i mean okay. so okay we can go into actual scripture if you want i mean like the when jesus says to refrain from using profanity if you look up the word profanity profanity just means any words that you use that will make someone uncomfortable or or, uh -uh. or demean them in any way right huh. so if i'm if i'm in a conversation with someone and i know socially it's uh these are quote-unquote cuss words and actually let's even back up a little bit more why why are these the F word and the SH word bad words if you know right so I had a psychology teacher he's he studied linguistics and he told me a story so I'm gonna tell you this story okay it basically goes like this so in England right because that's where English comes from in England before England was in a country there was two uh, uh, major tribes and they were at war with each other right and so one of the tribes, uh, which we, we can call them English, on their armor during battle, they would write on their armor, fornicate and defecate. Huh. Was basically meant that they were going to rape your women and crap all over your land. Right? right. Sure, sure. So in retaliation, the other tribe wrote on their armor the same thing, but in their language, fucka and shitta. Huh. Right? And so, needless to say, the English tribe won. And so that became, uh, the other tribe became the forbidden language. You weren't supposed to speak that language yeah and so when you talk about like our you know baptist conservative baptists yeah technically you know they they don't cuss a lot of christians don't cuss quote-unquote cuss uh but that, that's just a misconception of what you know profanity is right right that's just the for, forbidden language well, so if i'm talking sense so fast forward so if i if i'm talking to someone and i know socially it's not acceptable to use those words then i'm not all you know automatically going to use them because i know i might be pro, uh be profaning them Right. right. Um, however, if I'm in a conversation and someone's dropping an F bomb, SH bomb, then that gives me free range to do it as well because I know it's not going to offend them. Right. And there's also a, a cultural context. When I hear people, when I'm on the bus and somebody has hip hop music on that has very bad words in it, mm -hmm. I don't say anything unless there's children. And mm. if there's kids, I kind of put like the moral kibosh on it. I'm like, can you put your headphones on? There's kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. just because. 
Well, that's I don't stupid swear in, in general. They shouldn't be playing music. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't swear in front of children <laughs> because I don't think it's appropriate. I feel like uh, these are words that we get to use when we're adults because we understand the language and we know how to use them yeah. and we know context. And so I don't want to do them in front of children. Yep. So that's the only reason. So it's it's moral. It's more like an I don't know an integritous ethical stance on swear. But I swear. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, a, dude, I do stand up, so I'm yeah. constantly swearing yeah. and talking about profane and ridiculous ideas. Off top, yeah. yeah. And when I first started doing, com- I've been doing comedy for about seven, eight years now. Oh, so wow. When I first started doing it, I wasn't a minister. So I, you know, my comedy is a little more raunchy. And then when I came and became a minister, it's like, well, okay, I should clean, probably clean this up, you know, clean up my acts. And sure. it was a very difficult thing to do to, you know, not use profanity and not, you know, not, not go off the cuff with cuss words and even just the subject matters, you know, having to change subject. Well, when you write sermons, you write a whole sermon every week, right? You write an hour or half hour long speech. For the most part, I either, either I write it manuscript or I just write notes. Cause you, you've got a captive audience. You can, if you can write clean material, you can do a 30 minute set every Sunday. That's great. <laughs> Basically, twice for two different, two different shows. Thirty it's minute like sets. That, yeah. I mean, come on, that's great. It's kind of like that's that. That's super yeah. cool. I mean, but it has to come from the word. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you I, can do, make, I throw jokes in there. I have tons of jokes about feminism in the Bible. Yeah, Ruth and Esther. Let me hear one. Okay, um, <laughs> so you obviously know the Book of Ruth, so I don't have to. Th- there's there's two books in the Bible that are specifically named after women, and so right. I figure Ruth as a feminist, Esther. I yeah. should, you know do a little study into those. So what I learned um, from the book of Esther Mm -hmm. is that um, what you have to do as a woman is have a hot rack and not look Jewy. So (laughs) her name was Hadassah. They're like, oh girl, you got to cut that out. You got to, your name is not Hadassah. Your name is Esther. They basically put her in with the concubines of the king after he he kicks out his queen Vashti because she won't dance around naked in front of his drunk buddies. And then he's like, I'm going to get another hot bitch up in my crib and then he's like you know change your name don't be Hadassah be Esther and then she saves the entire Jewish people how is she good at puzzles is she like she's an incredible vocalist she's an amazing musician no she has a hot rack and doesn't look Jewy that's basically what I learned from the book of Esther thank you God nice, I know girl. exactly what to do with I know exactly what I should do as a feminist that's um, awesome thank you see that you get it because oh, you read yeah. the you've read the book so yeah. when I do that joke if people don't have any biblical knowledge, they just yeah. look at me blankly. They're like, we don't care. We don't get it. We have no context yeah. for what you're talking about. I wish I had that joke. Uh, before I was a minister, I did a, um, <laughs> I did a fashion show. Uh, I did a, um, I did a private show <laughs> and I did about 15 minutes set. Um, and I actually had dinner rolls thrown at me at this <laughs> church event, you know what I mean? And I, I made the joke, uh, let he who was without sin throw the first dinner roll. <laughs> and like, they just came flying. I didn't know who threw them. It was, it was an interesting moment because that's I'm like, hilarious. you guys are Christian. What are you doing throwing dinner rolls at me? If you don't like my comedy, that's one thing, but don't, don't, you know, no, that was wow. I, I guess maybe I offended them in some kind of way. So Actually, I was a minister at that time. <laughs> well, this is a thing that, this is a strange biblical question about, um, Jesus oh, gets man. big on people about calling someone fool. Right, so it's right. kind of like that. Just like Proverbs too. It's like, that's the super, is that like the judgiest thing you can do is to call someone else a fool or a foolish. And I'm thinking though, as comedians, Aren't we playing the role of the fool? Or is that linguistically different? The fool that he's talking about is not like the Shakespearean fool. Right, right. Which, like, so is it, which, like, what did he mean by... Right. 
And why did he take such a great offense about calling your, like it was in the Beatitudes, like don't ever call anyone a fool. It's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, you know, Beatitudes, that's cool. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Um, well, first off, you know, uh, it, it, people get in trouble a lot with scripture because the danger is, is that the King James version or any of these other versions, they're translations. Sure. Right? So as a minister, what I usually have to do before, when I'm getting into a scripture is I have to translate it back to the original language, right? Because depending on where you are, if you're talking about Jesus, then that's the New Testament. So it was written in uh, Arama Aramaic, Aramaic yeah. and Hebrew. And so depending on, you know, what scripture it is, you have to translate it back. So that scripture, I probably have to translate it back to Hebrew just to see what word fool, because he might be, it might be two different types of fools. Sure. Right. Um, and so uh, that's number one. Number two is, um, um, you remember that, you know, we have the Old Testament, the New Testament. At the beginning, God made Adam and Eve and he made them in his image. Right. So uh, when he made them in his image, <clears throat> basically he made them perfect. Sure. Or at least as perfect as he could uh, in the physical form. And so our, our goal as human beings were always to be a, ref a, a reflection of God and his image and almost the perfect being that he is. So when you but when, who can when you're live up to that exactly so when you're <laughs> foolish <laughs> then you're not being you're not on the high wisdom of God so when mm -hmm. so when Jesus brings up I'm not 100 percent sure as I haven't studied the scripture but when he talks about the fool he's probably talking about the fool in Proverbs because Jesus references the Old Testament a lot right so he's probably talking about the fool in Proverbs when it, the fool in Proverbs it's always it's always the difference between wisdom which comes from God and foolishness which uh, is not not just that you don't have wisdom but you don't have knowledge either right well and it's it there's a a, a carelessness of thought it's that it's being it's foolishness is almost impulsivity because if you were going to think about things so it's almost like he's warning us yeah. against being yeah uh, think before you speak think right, before you think do before you but not even just that think and then also pray to god for the wisdom so that you can think clearly but isn't that just an argument for like meditation so that's the thing is Definitely. if you're praying like because when i was little i literally believed that like jesus 33 year old jesus with his little stigmata right. is sitting next to me on my bed <laughs> petting my head and i'm like oh the girls don't like me and he's like it's okay you say everything's cool and i'm like but i don't know why everybody doesn't like me and he's like yeah. if you could just shut up a little bit people might like you a little bit more but jesus I don't. he's like nobody likes to know it all pam come on you know but it, it's and the question is as a child was i truly but in my belief that was there like yeah and, but that's not that's almost like when i was a child i thought like a child and now i'm a man and i put childish ways behind me Off and time. it's like so does jesus i mean that's so weird for me because it was like i think i was little and i believed that that was real and now i'm an adult and i'm like when we die we're fucking dead <laughs> like that's it there's right. no there's no 12 mansions in the sky. <laughs> There's no riches piling up for me. Right, it's right. kind of all here. Yeah. Well, when I first, uh, before I became a minister for about three years, I was really deep into the word and trying to like really, uh, get right. Well, not to say get right. Just, I was curious enough to really study it. Right. And so that's kind of why I prefaced at the very beginning that, you know, the, the word doesn't matter. It's the idea behind the word. Right. So 
you know to me i'm praying to god but to someone else they're meditating to to get nirvana but i mean or someone is speaking something into existence as well right you talk about the law of attraction right sure so if you if you say i want this to happen and you you think about it in a positive way the law of attraction says that it'll come your way right now you can make those parallels is that just the universe you know giving you what you asked for because you were thinking about it or or and that and saying it because the law of attraction says you actually have to say it too sure it's the same as as prayers it's pretty much uh, in the that, same yeah, realm. Yeah. yeah well and the, the other thing is that like when you're negative and in a bad mood people don't like you and so you probably aren't going to get what you want yeah like the nicer and better and hey jesus turn the other cheek yeah Uh, instead of picking up a stick (laughs) or a gun you can like empathize and and be calm because nobody can force any reactions out of you yeah it's how we react to the situation and yeah. Putting wisdom into your reactions, I think that's where. Cause yeah. Otherwise, because if we're just being reactionary all the time, yeah. Then, then what? Then well, yeah. <sighs> you have to respond, not react. You know, because re- reaction is at the very minimum level of physics, right? And we're a little bit above physics because we're sure. able to study physics, right? Un- unlike the trees who just adhere to physics and they can't do anything about it, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't. You don't. Uh, yeah, they can't study physics. You don't feel the just, wind. You f- you hear the tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a, this is a so how old are you? Are you 33? You're a little older. I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, I'm in my uh, 30s. Oh yeah, because uh, Jesus did all his ministry in his 33rd year, and I think that's very interesting, and specifically that it was just this one year. Oh crap! And it's yeah. 33 is this great kind of thing. So uh, my boyfriend just turned 33, and I wanted to have because he's also very religious. Uh, and I wanted <laughs> so to he's have religious, which you're not. No, no, he was. Oh, he's he's also now he's like he's super into punk rock, and he's like fuck God. Punk rock uh, is dope. Yeah. I love but punk um, rock. so at for his 33rd birthday, I wanted to have a party and he's like I don't want a party so I was like fuck but I I came up with the ideas for it it was going to be all Jesus Jesus themed so I was going to make one called Pearls Before Swine and they were going to be little pearl onions wrapped in bacon and then like with some herbs so like with um okay herbs. so like i take like a rosemary and stick it through the pearl onion and then roast it and then put some bacon around it so that would be one pearls before swine okay. and i wanted to make i wanted them all to be biblically themed so i wanted to do five loaves two fish and so i'd wanted to do two <laughs> fish in a salt crust where you take the whole fish and you put it in the salt crust and then you make it look like a fish on the outside and you crack it open <laughs> and have like and bake a bunch of fresh bread like five loaves i just thought it would be really cute right to have like a jesus themed 30 <laughs> third birthday party food thing and he was like that's really darling but we don't have that many friends and nobody will get it <laughs> they'll be like why are you and for a week i was like she trying to come me. up like, yeah, yeah. Jesus, Jesus theme food it's really funny because of all the parables it's like yeah. the seeds in the don't you know the seeds in the in the in the uh rocky path you, yeah. put, you plant your seeds you don't just it's the same thing he talks a lot about restraint you don't just throw your seeds willy-nilly wherever and go oh i hope something grows yeah you have to take just the gotta, seed yep. nurture the seed maybe even germinate it first you yeah. gotta nurture the soil you gotta don't build your little put, do the whole thing plant it put on the fertilizer don't throw it on rocks yeah don't why would you <laughs> why would you have expectations of anything i i really love the parables because i love allegories and i think any fables being told as like I feel like that's what's wrong with kids these days is we're not teaching them moralistic anything it's like Disney is teaching them morals right. which is terrible we don't want why are we giving D- Disney all the power over right. shaping our children yeah. where it's like but the parables and allegories it's great stuff you Good know stuff, like yeah. the 
You know, don't and build I, your house in a sandy land. Don't yeah. build it too near the shore. And that's what, and I, that's one of the reasons why Jesus spoke in parables because it, it helped people unlock their minds. You know, um, metaphors and all that. The, just the beauty of of linguistics. That's what I, I really love. Uh, actually, I teach. <laughs> I teach a public speaking class and a writing class, um, like five or six hours a week. And cool. Yeah, I, I try to let them know about similes and all that stuff. And it's it's interesting to see how kids, you know, they somewhere in their brain they get it, right? But they they can't put it into words what they understand or what they get, right? And so you know, you bringing that up is is that makes a lot of sense. And and it, even just you know, I'll have kids. Do you have kids? No. Okay. Well, I hopefully, you know, I don't know. One day I'll have kids or maybe not. I don't really care at this point. But, uh, you know, um, yeah, so kids, like, um, one thing that I, I want to do is I, I don't want them to be in the school system because I, I just, I feel like, yeah, yeah like, it's a, it's a babysitting system, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's kind of where it came from. When, when the Industrial Revolution hit, all of a sudden now people are going to work uh, nine to five, whereas prior to that, people owned a farm or they owned a business right. and they just worked whenever, you know? Um, and so when they were in the factory from nine to five, couldn't leave, the kids needed something to do. So that's where K, K through 12 came about. Wow. And so I've been, te- you know, I've, I've been teaching for about six or seven years as well. And when I first, the first time I started teaching, I was like, why are we teaching these, these kids, these outdated things, Right. you know, it really, or I, teaching to the test, which yeah. is so dumb when no child left behind anything. No, they're not. Cause they're not, there's no critical thought. I, no. I thought that George Bush's, I was, I was a credentialed school teacher from 97 to 2001. Right. And I got out because I saw what no child left behind was bringing in. Oh, and really? that was taking away critical thought. Everything went from test taking. It, huh? it went to test taking Wow. and fill in the blank and, and fill in the simile. This is to this is this is to this, you know, wow. that kind of stuff, as opposed to reading a story and and considering the themes and applying those themes to your own life or right. like all of that was just wow. gone. Creative yeah. writing gone. Yeah. I graduated Oh four. So I probably saw the, the tail end of that. But, um, yeah, when I was, um, yeah, when I was in high school, I, I went to a pretty cool high school. So uh, shout out to James Logan in Union City. Um, very, it's a, it's a college preparatory school. So they still made us do that. And I, I had a really hard time. Like I was telling my kids the other day, like I had a hard time understanding English just because I was a mathematical thinker. And everything huh. you just said about like um, analyzing themes, it just didn't make any sense to me because in math, there's always one answer. Right. But when there's when you're reading a book, there might be multiple themes and I right. couldn't grasp the concept of there being more than one theme sure but it really helped me when I figured it out in college really uh, my mind just opened up right and just I started I started seeing things from different perspectives exactly I think that the only thing that's going to save the world right now is uh fiction stories literature is good literature written about people <laughs> who writes good literature well anymore. i i think that Stephen, <laughs> i think i think that stephen king is going to be known as as one of the literary greats one day because his short stories are really incredible but yeah. when you are writing in even a first person narrative and it's somewhat like stephen king can write from a woman's perspective and he does it amazingly he can write from like a racist's perspective and mm-hmm. it's totally great you can he can write from a misogynist he can write from a crazy person's perspective. Yeah, he wrote a lot of books. He's written, oh my God, he's written like crazy. so many novels. And then all the short stories and everything. He's, it's just, it's mind blowing. But I think that's what can save 
we, the reason that we people don't why can't we just all get along mm-hmm. is that we are unable to empathize with one another and right. one of the ways that we can teach empathy is through fiction off top because when people are reading a story mm-hmm. you get that intimate like you're the character right, right it's right, right. your brain or you're that you know like you're there as you but you're also there as what the author wants you to do well frig it's, it's also it's a dangerous uh, situation now because i don't know if you heard but like kids have they just have like ipads and laptops in school now so now they're they, they're still reading but they're reading pixel pixels Oof. right so what happens is with your brain is that you know you have two hemispheres of your brain the pixels only activate one side of your brain oh right whereas when you read when you read actual print there's actual ink right and so right. your brain is picking up not only uh not only just the words but the calligraphy of the words sure, the and, font. and yeah, yeah the actual font and so you use both hemispheres of your brain sure well because so it's, it's a picture it's it's yeah. either it, a letter is one symbol that is a picture it's a yeah. picture symbol and when you're reading it on a screen it's a hundred t- tiny little blips of light yeah. that become a, a letter yeah. it's like instead of one image it's multiple images being one image it's yeah. pretty mind-blowing yeah it is mind-blowing and and that's and that's one reason why i think kids don't want to read anymore they're kind of gravitating towards doing uh, looking at video or looking right. at film uh, and it, it's just it's it's vapid consumption of images see that's the problem yeah. i have is that but they're smart as hell i know but they need but but we can teach them when they make pictures in their own head that's only going to make them smarter right like the idea that TV and movies and visual images are what they kind of gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. That's because it's easy. Because Mm -hmm. when you read a book, you have to take those little symbols and you have to put those symbols into words. And then you have to think, oh, what does that word mean in which language? And what does that mean? And then you put them in sentences and then they create pictures in your head. There's a lot of higher order fucking thinking going on when you're reading. You know? And so that we're we're losing that. And that's scary. And then we wonder why kids don't care. We wonder why we have a president who watches TV all day and doesn't read books and doesn't actually study. (laughs) Because why would because I already know everything. We don't. There's so... So you're not a Trump supporter. Oh, God. Well, how, how could I be? How could anybody <laughs> in California be? Are, are you? Um, I like to think of myself as a Trump empathizer. An uh, empathizer? Yeah, not a, I'm not a 100% a Trump supporter, but I do empathize with, with him. But he's, he's an egotistical maniac. He's out of control. Most guys are, you know. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I've... But Obama wasn't. He was so humble Obama was an actor. He was the he was the best actor we've ever had as president. You think so? He should have got an Oscar. But he's but he's a, he's a constitutional <laughs> lawyer. Yeah, lawyers are actors, right? Yeah, like. but I, I I believed him. I believed everything he said. I definitely believed his I wife. did too. I believe his children. I, I did too. I, I know I voted him. for him the first time just to say that I voted. So first first of all, I don't actually believe in democracy. So what do you mean? I don't believe democ- I don't believe democracy. You know, I going back to Plato. Plato said democracy can never work because we're we as people are too stupid. Yeah, because dumb people are going to vote for dumb people. So, right. You know, the, he, right. Because it's actu- a popularity contest. Because democracy yeah. is a popularity contest. At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, it's supposed to be for the people, but I mean. Psh, so, right. what do you want? An aristocracy? Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to get back to kings and queens? Or no, no, no. So, Plato actually mapped out this government that has never been implemented, oh. um, and the reason it can't be implemented because it kind of probably needs to start at the very beginning of time. I think. <laughs> so, um, so. Though, so he basically said the perfect city-state or perfect government um, is the same as a perfect human being, right? So a perfect human being needs to have his rational, uh, so rational, righteous mind. 
controlling the irrational spirit which controls the weak body. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So he said as a city state needs to be the same way. We need to have the not just the smartest but righteous as well. You have to be righteous as in righteous decides, and just. Who decides that's, who's right because that's, that's the hard part. Because when the righteous people are usually self-righteous and we're like fuck yeah. you and then they're hypocritical as fuck. And the righteous ones you don't even know that they, they exist cuz they're so humble. Right. Exactly. <laughs> because they have quiet integrity and they yeah. don't sh- wave it up in the air and go look at me look at look at i just tipped twenty (laughs) dollars or you know like what i just gave up like jesus in the church or whatever i just gave a hundred dollars to the church it's like give give quietly give up your heart (laughs) don't don't give seeking reward but now it feels like people only give seeking reward yeah like yeah so ah but then yeah how do you measure righteousness I, that's that's the harbor that's probably why the government has never been implemented because how do you who you, it has to start at the beginning of time right so who how do we change the our government to that government i, I thought it'd be a very difficult process but to finish just so the the uh so the righteous uh rational thinkers needs to control the irrational army which controls the masses of people who really deep down in their heart just want to be told what to do which is like 90 percent of the population Oh, yeah. see, but I never want to be told what to do. I hate so that. So you're probably part of the 10% that doesn't, you know? That's that's in so charge. Yeah, the righteous and rational. Yeah, you're technically, I mean. But, look, I was a, no. but I'm a woman, so at the time, he was only talking about men. At the time, Because yes. women didn't even have, we weren't even people. Yeah, yeah. technically. Yeah. And then his protege, Aristotle, said that you're not a perfect, he went a step further and said you have to be, you have to be a man to be a perfect human being. You actually have to be a man, you have to be tall, you have to be rich. I think that was, and you have to be um, <laughs> attractive. But rich in spirit is different than than actual money. How how important is money to you? Because that's a random question, but how it goes to people. How important is money to yeah. me? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I I don't. I don't really like money. I don't really well, on a scale it. from like it's just little pieces of paper that float through my hands, and you're just like blah, blah, to like I save and I'm totally saving up for this, or I've got <laughs> like you know like every penny I'm accounting and <laughs> I, my checkbook is always balanced. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> a little bit. So a little bit history of me. So I went to school for economics and accounting. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and but I always had theater in my heart, right? So I did theater on the side, you know, and I ate up a lot of my units doing theater, which I shouldn't have done, but I enjoyed it. And then once school was over to keep my acting chops going, I started doing comedy and then I started getting a fan base and I said, oh, well, I'll just keep doing this thing. But uh, so my day job, what I do during the day um, is I am a financial broker. So, Whoa. Yeah. Mind blowing. I do so but, many but things. Right? Being a minister isn't a day job. No, that's a life job. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, people call me in the middle of the night to go pray for their, their sick aunt who's in the hospital. Whoa. So, you know, that's an, that's all, that's 24 seven. That yeah, but stop. you, but it doesn't pay you enough that you can just be a minister. No. <gasps> that is so sad that you've dedicated your life to the church and you don't, do you get a free place to live? No. <gasps> <laughs> pro what bono. What do you get out of it? Uh, You're a pro bono spiritual, minister? <laughs> spiritual uh, uh, compensation. You're a pro bono minister. I thought that the whole point of like being a minister or being a priest or whatever is that you got free room and board. That's the problem. 
What? That's the problem. It, what, I don't get that because people think that. Yeah, because people think that. I mean, Jesus, Jesus wasn't poor. Like we have this image of him being poor, but he wasn't poor. He just always people always gave him stuff from his from birth. They gave him gold and a bunch of bunch of crap, right? So he was always well off. He just would, he would preach that it's you know it doesn't mean anything. It's not it, it's meaningless, but it it does it is. So that's why you ask how important is it? It's like well, in this in the world that I live in, it's a ten out of ten. Ooh. But, um, you know, I don't care for it that much, but it is important because you have to, you have to live and and survive. So it's, it's somewhat important. I wish it wasn't so important in the world, but it is. So in my, in my own life, is it important? Yes, but I wish it wasn't, you know? So I I don't know. It's, it's interesting. So then as a financial broker, um, yeah, so I have a lot of clients, um, and I gotta say, I can't have to be confidential, but, um, basically I teach them on how to to save properly and how to invest properly and there's there's certain things that you just have to do um that the rich fat cats are doing right now you know when trump said i don't pay any taxes you know why he doesn't pay any taxes because <laughs> there's certain accounts that you can put your money in Aww. that's completely tax-free which is what i teach my clients to do which is what i do right. so i mean it's it's I, I i just i know the rules i don't quite believe in the rules but they are the rules you know right. what i'm saying if i have to play basketball then i might will play it the best I can and know all the rules. And know the rules. That you makes know? sense. See, I think that money is what is tearing us apart and that is what is that is what is absolutely wrecking humanity is that especially as Americans, we feel like people only have worth and value that's associated with dollar bills. Right. And when you say it's worth really and when you say value and when you say values and these kinds of things, they should be esoteric. They should be, they should and, be yeah. part of your, we don't believe in a soul anymore. There should be <laughs> integrity. That's like the, the whole thing that's been making me crazy is when little kids are like, fake it till you make it. I'm like, no, uh, learn, practice, do <laughs> practice, discipline, discipline, but, practice, learn. But look how many people are financially successful from just faking it. I mean, I, and, yeah. I mean, I do hip hop and like in the hip hop industry right now, it's like, you don't even have to be a good rapper anymore. You just have to just look like you have a lot of money and look like you, you know, and, and do something that's extreme, like dye your hair rainbow color or something like that. And and then have a crazy social media presence. And then you can be a successful rapper nowadays. You know, it's very, it is what it is. You know, I, I, (laughs) no, no, I I get it. I mean, but Oh, back to what you're saying though. The Bible actually doesn't say money. Money is the root of all evil. It doesn't? It doesn't. Who came up with that? It actually says <laughs> the love for money is oh, the root. Okay. So that's that's why the world is where it is, because people are in love with money and not in well, love with themselves or God, they're in love with money. But it's the, also that people are judging each other based on how much people who don't have enough money aren't people. Right. Like when Trump says that he wants to give everyone on food stamps drug tests. Uh, excuse me? Like, what do you... uh, Or that everyone on food stamps is going to get now like a box, like a box of food. Like, so they... (laughs) Like, they're not worthy enough to make their own choices. he's saying lately. But it's like, it's saying that these (laughs) these people over here, these poor people, they're not smart enough or good. Because if they were smart and good at what they did, they'd be rich by now. I don't know if that's what he's saying. I I think it's that poor people aren't people. mm. Because they can't buy. Because if you're a good American, you're a consumer and you buy, buy, buy. And what Mm. makes you a good American is by buying things in and being a part of the economy mm-hmm. and th- 
our government does not respect esoteric gifts. They do not mm. appreciate artists. Right. And yeah, you know, artists, artists getting out of the school system now. And now, and now it's saying that hip hop saying, yeah, dye your hair rainbow colors and say bitch a lot and, and look like you have money. <laughs> and now you're a hip hop artist. <laughs> you're an artist. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting that you say that, but, um, yeah, but I, here's what I think Trump was trying to say, because when I first went, to, so, you know, when I first went to school, uh, in college, you know, I came from, you know, uh, I went to a high school that was near Oakland in San Leandro. And so I, you know, I, I went to, uh, Logan first three years in my last year, I went to San Leandro. And before that I hung around a lot of people from Hunter's point. Oh, yeah. And so I kind of got turned out in a way where I was like, oh man, F everything. And like my, my whole demeanor changed everything. You know, I just, I was hanging around certain type of people that were just, um, you know, ghetto or a hood or whatever you want to call it. Right. And so, uh, I remember when, you know, when I first got my financial aid check, right. Cause it was from the state of California, right. Free money. I went to the mall and bought clothes. Right. I know a couple guys who bought Jordans, you know, $200 shoes, you know? Yeah. And so which I think what Trump is trying to say is that there are people who do abuse the system. I was one of them. I abused the system. And I know a lot of people who still abuse the system. People who don't really need food stamps, but still, you know, but take them. Everyone should have access to food. That's true. But I mean, and, what and he's saying, then the, then food is one thing, but if you're giving someone money and then they go use it for drugs, yeah, that's a problem, right? Then I that's think that's problem. what he's trying. But with to say. with food stamps, you have to you can only buy food. I mean, unless you like. Yeah sell them illegally to someone be like oh, I'm going to take you food shopping but <laughs> Some you, can people buy, do that, yeah. <laughs> you can buy $30 on my food stamps but give me $20 worth of drugs or yeah. whatever I'm not sure how people work that kind of stuff but I mean I'm on food stamps yeah. and I say there's no shame in the game if you're like I'm I'm an artist and I don't get paid a lot of money so yeah. I, I and I feel like I deserve to eat food for real I feel you <laughs> like <laughs> so I feel you so yeah I so that that's why I go back to the um, you know I'm a I'm a Trump sympathizer I'm not really a Trump supporter mm. but I am a Trump sympathizer because I, I I I one at one point in my life the the media re ran my name through the mud really yeah so there was you, what, will you talk about that what happened <laughs> I don't really like talking about it oh, but I yeah I guess uh, you know I guess it's time what did you what, did, what do you mean <laughs> you ran they you got publicly slandered alright so here's the story I guess um, this is my first time really saying this publicly and so everyone's probably gonna gonna hear this and yeah if you google uh juan rubin j-a-w-a-n last name rubin r-u-b-i-n by the way my last name is rubin which is a jewish name for uh, uh ruby or yiddish for ruby my first name is arabic so i'm actually the piece in the middle east right, right? cool because there will never ever be an arabic first name and jewish last right, name exactly. ever and I, my dad didn't know that but anyway so if you google my name <laughs> juan rubin uh so what happened was uh my sophomore year in high school um what had happened was is that i um i i was on the basketball team i was on the freshman basketball team uh my freshman year and i was balling out of control i, I you know I, I averaged about 30 points a game and damn yeah i was kicking ass i was i was all over the place and then so my sophomore year um there's a little issue my my dad didn't like the coach at that time i don't know do you know anything about lavar ball 
No. Okay, never mind. Okay, so anyway, um, <laughs> so my I dad didn't follow the Warriors. Yeah, my dad didn't uh, like the coach because uh, of something. My brother was there four years before me, and you know he had held on to some of his letters from different colleges because my brother he was um, getting approached by different colleges, and the coach held on to the letters, <gasps> didn't give it to him until like the end of his senior year. By then, it's like oh, too well, late. Yeah, too late, you know. And so my dad was really mad at him, and so I didn't want to go to that school for that purpose i sure. was like can we go to can i go to a different school since you don't like him why would you send me to a school that you don't like the coach whatever so anyway my freshman year i'm playing on the freshman team and i'm scoring 30 points a game you know doing my thing and then next year um you know i got i got asked to go to the varsity tryouts and then the first day they, they sent me to the jv tryouts uh the next day right and so from that, um, so when I told my dad that, you know, he got pissed off. Because he, he wanted you to be on varsity. Yeah. Yeah, you should be yeah. sophomore, you should play. Yeah. Yeah, he got pissed off. There was a lot of politics involved, but he, he got pissed off. And then long story short, he told me, so he told me not to go to the JV tryouts. And I'm like, you know, in my heart, you know, I'm a I'm 15-year-old kid. I just want to play basketball. I just want to play. I don't really care where I'm playing. You know, if that's the case, if he doesn't feel I'm good enough, whatever. But I didn't speak up for myself. I was a really quiet kid when I was younger, so I didn't really speak up for myself. Um, I didn't go. To, uh, I went to the JV uh, practice, and my dad found out, and then he got mad and told me to come back, so I had to leave uh, within ten minutes or whatever. So he got really pissed. Anyway, so two days later, you know, I'm, I'm walking, I'm walking to class at, at school, and you know, everyone's approaching me like, "Hey, you know, what? what, what your dad uh, sued the school?" Whoa. And I'm like, "What?" So I'm like, "No, I don't think so." So it was all in the newspaper. Um, in the, no, the local news and it, and the, the story got so big that it ended up on HBO with uh, Brian Gumbel. What? And the story got huge. And then I remember one, this is, this is pre Google, right? Then Yahoo was still the search engine, right? Wow. And so my junior year, one day, uh, my junior year, I am, um, I'm Googling myself just to see what I'm not Googling Yahoo myself right. just to see, you know, you know, what's, what, what I would see. And there's just like 50 articles about that lawsuit. Right. Whoa. And I'm just reading through it. And like some of the things, some of these, uh, journalists were saying were just so untrue, wow. just so untrue. And, but they're trying to sell a story or whatever they're trying to do. There's just, but so what untrue. was the story is that you're a stuck, you're like, you think you're the best player. Yeah, You've got such an ego that you're like, I'm not going to play on JV. Yeah. They're saying, Oh, let's, this little whiny kid. We're gonna sue them to get you on varsity. Yeah, they thought it was all me. They're they're, they're blaming me more than than him. And then they're then they're like some some journalists were saying, you know, they were just the way they were describing my dad physically. I was just like, dude, you don't have to say all that, you know? Like, just, I don't know. They were you were pissed just, at him for doing that. My dad? Yeah. yeah, I was pretty pissed. Actually, that's why I left the house at 18 and just didn't want to come back. And I ended up coming back. And then I, you know, I started reading in the Bible on how you should honor your mother and father and have forgiveness and so you know that's kind of how our our relationship mended but thank you know praise god for that you know for me you know because now he's 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 on his way out you know he's, he's a lot older so i'm glad we mended and we had a good time before this but anyway um yeah did you so, get to play basketball yeah so we ended that's why i had to go to san leandro high to finish <laughs> out my year but it, you know so that's why i empathize with trump because i i've been in that situation where journalists or reporters are reporting stuff that's not 100 percent true and they're just trying to like throw your name in the mud or you know and they don't care you know i don't i've never met these people was that was that tough you got really i'm sure you were incredible incredibly popular was that scary that like everybody knew who you were like everywhere 
Uh, yeah, it was a little scary, especially in the basketball world, because now it's hard for me to get into college and play for um, play for coaches because oh, they're like, they're like this I little, don't want to yeah, touch oh, you because right. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't want to get sued and all this. Did so. you did you go to college on a basketball scholarship? No, I did not. Oh. So yeah, that kind of derailed a lot of stuff. So was that what you when you what you wanted to be when you grew up? You were like, I want to play in the NBA. No, no, actually, my dream was always to play in college. So I eventually okay. I did play in college. I lived out my dreams. Cool. Actually, at the you know at the age of thirty, I've done a lot of things that I wanted to do so now I'm as as a 30 year old now I'm like okay what's the next move because I've done a lot of fun cool stuff in my life and I've pretty much done everything I wanted to do when I was a kid now it's like okay what's next you know what do I do next? you didn't want to be like Jason Kidd you didn't want not really it didn't make sense to me to play 84 games a year oh I just thought that was stupid you're like 12 games cool 16 games fine I I mean high school is like 28 games games. college is like 35 yeah but like 84 games a year like Oh. Who in their right mind would do that to their body? Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, your body's a temple. You can't pay me enough to like, you know, be not be able to walk at seventy. You know sure. Well, and it's you know, the same thing. thing with football players with all those traumatic oh, head injuries, man. and and it's terrible because yeah. they, I question my mind now because right. I, I hit my head a bunch of times when I was playing basketball before the movie Concussion came out. So right. I, the NC2A sent me something in the mail saying that there's a lawsuit that I'm gonna get paid for it for the concussion stuff. So that's cool. Wow. It might be like twenty bucks or something like that. There's so many people who played, but. You know, I yeah, I think I question some things that go on in my mind. I'm like, man, you know, like I, I I probably had a bunch of mini concussions just hitting my head on the floor, you know, sure. getting knocked down. Yeah. Crazy. That's why that's why LeBron James spends a million dollars a year on his body just to keep his body in shape. Well, LeBron, I can't tell you. I, I got to say, I was so happy on Sunday. I haven't been more happy on a Sunday <laughs> watching the Cavs lose <laughs> to the Pacers. I mean, it was like a blow. I'm like, they're up on 19. Points, yeah! <laughs> Suck it, LeBron! Oh, oh! Was it gonna be your ninth year in the finals? Oh, the ninth year! Blah, blah, blah. I can't wait for this to be. He's been in the finals eight years in a row. Give someone else a chance. Go do some acting, buddy. Remember that movie you were in? Like, go do that. Give someone else a chance. Oh man, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, you yeah. still a big basketball fan, though? I mean, not uh, really. No, really, no, not really. Mm-mm. So you don't care that much about the Warriors right now? I mean, no, I. I'm I'm so happy that the Warriors are doing what they're doing because I I when I was a kid like you know Warriors Coliseum down the street yeah you know, and I, I I've been to games where it's just like oh my god we're getting killed right now yeah we weren't and so just, great in yeah dude just well, to watch that crap and now to see that they're, they're killing it it's like it's, it's an amazing thing to watch and they yeah. play good basketball too they absolutely play really good basketball. It, the psychic passing is, is coming back again which okay I love the psychic passing what does when, that mean that's when one of like Clay's looking this way and then he throws the ball that way and uh, someone okay, okay, okay. like something happy with dolls like of course I'm right there like, something <laughs> happens like some ninja moves yeah. and then the psychic passing they're well old uh, well oiled machine oh, yeah I love that stuff yeah. I love basketball when I was little I grew up in, in Danville so we would come over all the time and see so you went to games. a mega church in Danville yeah, California yeah. there's mega churches in California well they were like fourth out I mean it was huge. That was, I mean, wow. I didn't even know that existed. There were like 4,000 people in our, uh, does that church still exist? Yeah. CPC community uh, Presbyterian CPC. church. CPC. I'll yeah. look it up. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and it was Ron Lee Davis was the name of the pastor who just 
shook me because I was like, it's gross. when I was, when I was <laughs> little and I remember going to Sunday school and stuff and I was always the questioner. I'd be like, but why? But what's the point? And my teachers would, they, they would get kind of mad at me and be like, you just have to accept it. And I was like, and they kept saying, it's all based on faith. Okay. Like, so yeah, you've got to, yes, there is a leap there. There is a question mark that you just have to go. Uh-huh. I believe. It's like that book by C.S. Lewis, Mere Christianity. And he goes through and he's like building up this big argument. And then the end of every fucking chapter is, it's faith. You just got to believe. I know. And you know what? I grew, <laughs> I grew up, um, I actually grew up in the, uh, in the in the Baptist church, right? So I didn't really believe any of that crap until, until after, like in college. It took huh. me a while. But I had to go because my parents made me go. So right. I, I would go, whatever. But that was my argument is that, Every question I ask is because God did it. Like, that's yeah. it. Right. Like, can I, can I get a little bit more? Sure. So it took me, like, studying philosophy to get me all the way back. Because I, I think that's what we need to do for children. If you're going to put them in the churches, st start them from Plato all the way to now, you know, because Plato came before Jesus Christ. So... Or was it after? I think it was before. I think it was before Jesus Christ. And then he comes and then, you know, you have the Judea law and all that ever stuff, you know. And that's, that's the thing about the Jewish law, the New Testament, I mean, the Old Testament is that these these are laws, not the laws aren't there. If you don't do these laws, you're not going to heaven, you're going to hell. That's not what the laws are there for. They're to keep a good society. Together. Yeah. My, my favorite so Bible verse. Heaven on earth. Uh, Leviticus 2012. Yeah. One of my favorite Bible verses. If you sleep with your father-in-law, you should both be stoned. I I love to be stoned and my ex-father-in-law. He was hot. <laughs> my ex-husband was black and his dad, Big Austin, he's a good-looking guy. <laughs> I was going to sleep with him. Yeah, we should get stoned. From the, let's get me some of that good 70s weed, bro. Like, no, it's a, I mean, I get it. There's another thing like people say in the, in the God hates fags or whatever, and it's like, okay, well, if you look at the Old Testament contextually, <laughs> when the Jews were being overrun by everybody, like everyone's fucking with them. They're slaves and they're stealing stealing their children, they're stealing their little boys and putting them into sex slavery and all this kind of stuff. Of course you would say like, if a man lies with another man, it's terrible and it's an abomination because, because what was happening to them, right. they were being raped and pillaged constantly by everybody. <laughs> And they're like, you know, it's the other one, Lot's wife. Like when the, oh, when the angels it. come and he's like, no, 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 take my daughters. Don't rape these <laughs> angels. These angels are good. Take the daughters. But they didn't they're like hot. their sons. They're hot. They, didn't, they didn't like their sons being raped. They didn't care about the daughters, though. They're like, sleep with them. Oh, yikes. Yeah, you should do biblical jokes. I, You have a whole captive I audience. You're, I don't know. I don't know. Is I, it offensive? Do you find it? Is it? Do you think it's offensive? I just don't somebody? find it funny. Yeah, I don't find biblical jokes that funny. Unless I'm like making fun of the Christian religion, then it's like, okay, I'm not gonna do that. But right, right. I don't know biblical jokes. Like you said, it, they, people do need to have a reference, right? They need to point a reference. And just because someone's in church doesn't mean they know the Bible. The, you know and that's I mean? that's true too. So like, yeah. So it's like, I mean, I don't, really, I don't really do biblical jokes like that. I, I did have a, a whole bit on how Jesus would be a terrible roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping inviting his friends over yeah. people with leprosy. Come on, Jesus! Come yeah. on, Jesus! He's Why like, keep bringing these people over unless here? Unless it's unless it's tax collectors and prostitutes. I mean, that's, <laughs> everyone knows that's a fun time. Like, that's or, a party. It's party, Jesus. Or you pick up a rag and like, Jesus, did you use my rag? And you're like, Don't you lie to me, Jesus? I see your face right here. <laughs> <laughs> Biblical jokes. Yeah, uh, what uh, do we? We have about five minutes left. What do you want to? Uh, what do you want to? 
other p- beliefs. Yeah, plug. There you yeah. go. How big is your congregation? Uh, it's, uh, it's about 400. Wow. But there's only about maybe 150 active members, like people who actually show up. Right. So we have a lot of people in the catalog, but they don't always show up. They so. show up at Christmas and Easter. Christmas and Easter, yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, so uh, some shameless plugs. Um, yeah, so um, so I, I, you know, I make music. Um, so I have a couple shows coming up. I have culturally, actually, culturally conscious hip hop, or is it like <laughs> culturally conscious hip hop? Well, like yeah, I guess so. Like you know, you say nice things instead of you're like drink a smoothie, do some push ups, <laughs> or like like good like good yeah, things instead kinda. of being like yeah. instead of being like suck my dick yeah. on your knees. I, I'm more I'm yeah I'm more into uh, 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 George Clinton's um, oh, notion cool. of uh, edutainment. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. So it's a mixture of uh, education and entertainment, and so I have maybe one song that I'm just doing like rap cadence, uh-huh. um, but it's not like I'm putting anybody down. You know, a lot of rappers they say, "Oh, f you, f you. I'm the best. I'm the best." I don't really, I don't really do all that. Cause I try to stay as humble as possible. But I do, you know, I do talk about different subject matters. So if you go to JuwanRubin.com, um, so I have uh, all my music. One of my favorite songs on on my uh, on my website is called E People. <laughs> e People, just just about like it's it's basically about you know people who are you know now E this, E right, that, right. E cigarette. <laughs> and so now we have right. E people people lying in there talking about you know uh selfie whores uh waiting for a, a like on their post while there are babies in the corner asking for their their baba and their mama yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you it's that stuff is sad that we're so it's it's ego like can you imagine like when we were little if we had a polaroid camera and we took pictures of our food or whatever we wanted <laughs> to, and we put it on the wall and then we invited all our friends over and we're like come over and touch the pictures that you like like put a sticker on these pictures so that i can feel validation about myself and what i did today yeah. i mean it's insane that yeah. we that i'm actually working on a bit right now about how you know because there's studies that came out that likes hit the same part of your brain as cocaine and sugar <gasps> does right wow. so people are just addicted to likes you know wow. that's why the lady went to youtube and shot up youtube right because she wasn't getting enough she likes wasn't getting enough likes in her entire likes. her well because because, because this gets back to religion. The emptiness is so vast inside them and yeah. they don't know what to fill it with that the only thing they can fill it with is validation from external validation. Yeah. And maybe that's the lesson, that external validation is meaningless. Yeah. It has to internally come from your own choice and volition and light. And it can't yeah. be, I'm doing this to make this person happy or I'm doing this to make somebody like me. It has to be like just your natural state of being, being. and expression yeah. 